Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Alright guys, welcome back for another episode. Sorry for no episode yesterday. As I said, it's summertime. As much as that means I'm out out of school, it also means I have other stuff going on. You know, I'm busy. Uh, I was at a party yesterday, so sorry for no episode yesterday. But in today's episode, I'm going to make up for it with a pretty fun episode I'm playing uh, for today. I made up six possible Russell Westbrook trades uh, using TradeNBA.com. Uh, I'll explain in a minute why I don't use them. Why I use them over the ESPN trade machine, but then I'm going to get in my uh, thoughts on the Red Sox. I'm going to give them a mid-season grade. Okay, I'm going to give them a grade for how they've done so far, what they should look to do going into the deadline, some moves they could make, and then we are going to touch up to end it off with my home run derby picks. The home run derbies tonight. Odds are when you listen to this, the home run derby is already over. One million dollars at stake, so I gotta get in my picks. Obviously, I'm gonna watch it tonight. Should be exciting. So first, we are going to get to six potential Russell Westbrook trades. So let's get to that. Obviously, you already know the news. Paul George traded to the Clippers. For a Hall of Draft pick, Shy Gildas Alexander and Danilo Gallinari. We all knew the news. And once that news came out, a lot of us obsessed over the Clippers for a few hours. And then we realized some guy pointed out, who knows? You know, we were just all in a, you know, crowd huddling up over the Clippers. And then some guy looked back, saw Russell Westbrook and said, hey, what about him? And then everyone's attention kind of went over to him, both of them at the same time. But you know what I'm kind of talking about? There's like... We forgot about Russ, and we're like, oh my god, what about Russ now? And odds are, he's out the door. Um, And I actually found this very fun, doing it, possible trades. I am very excited to discuss this today. Also, Trade NBA. You guys are probably wondering, what is Trade NBA? Most people use the ESPN trade machine. That's just the thing. That's what everyone uses. I use the Trade NBA trade machine. The reason being is it doesn't update right out the minute. Like, Jeremy Grant, when I was doing this, uh, was traded this afternoon, still on the uh, Thunder. So it takes them a bit to update, but only really, you know, at most of the day, usually. Paul George, who's out the door the next day, so on this website. So it's pretty up-to-date. It's a little bit of a newer format. ESPN, uh, the ESPN one, you can't add picks. Uh, I just don't really like it, you know. I want something more advanced. So I just looked it up one day, uh, NBA Trade Machine with Picks, probably like two weeks ago, and this popped up, and I was like, wow, it's actually great. And you can look and see other trades people did. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, and you can still do like four-team trades, you know, all that stuff, three teams. But whatever, enough about that. So I came up with six possible trades, six different teams. I know we only only hear like five teams really in it, possibly, but I added a six just for fun. I doubt it'll happen, but just one for fun in there. So first, I'm going to start out with the Thunder and the Pistons making a possible trade. Uh, the the Pistons right now they're on, they're stuck. Okay, they're up against the cap. They don't have a ton of young talent, and they really I don't know what to say about the Pistons. I, I don't really know what to say. They're just stuck. Okay, up against the cap, they don't have a ton of young talent. Blake Griffin, they do have Saku Dumboya, who's a huge hit or miss. I started to really like all of a sudden draft day, just really liked them and all that. It was worth the risk at 15. But anyway, 
them going after Russ. It would be a huge risk because now all of a sudden, you thought they were up against the cap. Now they had a Russell Westbrook Supermax deal for the next four years. Yeah, that's not so great. Now they're really up against the cap. And they're probably not really a true title contender. But the East is, I wouldn't say wide, wide open, but it's pretty wide open. I'd say almost as big as it gets. So you add Russ, all of a sudden, hopefully you can hit on draft picks at that point. I think that's your only hope because you can't sign a big name. Basically, you're stuck with no money if you make this Russell Westbrook trade. So I'm not a huge fan of it because I always said the Pistons have to make a move. I'd rather just have the Pistons trade Blake Griffin and even Andre Drummond. Empty up that backcourt a bit. Free up some salary cap space. Give yourself flexibility and just get in a haul of draft picks and young players because they don't have much of it. And that older court they have, Reggie Jackson, Blake Griffin, they're not getting any younger and you're not really contending. But at the same time, this will be their trade. The Piston, uh, the Thunder would send Russell Westbrook, who's on a $38.5 million deal for four years, to the Thunder for Reggie Jackson, who's on an $18.8 million deal for the next year. So he's a ex- big contract but expiring. Luke Kennard. On a $3.8 million deal, three years. Actually, I'm, I'm going to say the contract's after. So, Reggie Jack for Russ for Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard, Don Maker, Langston Galloway, the Pistons 2020 and 2022 first round picks. Steppy and Rule won't allow you to do back to back. Yeah, you already know about that. Uh, the Pistons would uh, four plus four and increased in projected wins. Again, what does this website know? It gives you an estimate, but who knows? Maybe the Pistons get worse because of this. I hope not. Really hope not. And the Thunder would get uh, four wins worse. So, again, what does the website know? But I'd say around that. You know, I'd say the Pistons get, you know, maybe five wins better. Maybe more. Something around that number. But Reggie Jackson is just an expiring deal to make this whole deal work. Luke Kennard is really that big, young piece. He's a great shooter. This team desperately needs shooting, so that's a good fit. Still has three years. He's locked in for a while. Don Maker is one who has busted. We all know, but he's a stretch big. He still has some potential. I you know, I think most of us gave up on Don Maker, but I still think there's a bit of potential, some untapped potential possibly, so maybe, you know, uh, the third change of scenery will do it for him. I'm not really sure, but at least he can be some rotational shooter for you. A stretch big, a rotational piece. He gives you more shooting. And Langston Galloway uh, was more of just another piece to help this trade uh, be valid. He's on a $7.3 million deal for only one year. So him and Reggie Jackson are overpaid. But this mostly is about Luke Kennard, Anthon Maker, and then the two picks. That 2020 first round pick, if you add Russ, that's. Probably not going to be a lottery pick. The Pistons made the playoffs with this team. You add Russ. They're probably in the very low teens or, you know, in the 20s. At best, that's like the 18th, 19th pick if you add Russ. Probably. But then again, who knows? The league's more balanced, so it's debatable. But I'd say around 17, 18 is the highest that gets. But by 2022, Russ, Blake Griffin... Uh, they're they're uh, certainly not any younger. So yeah, Russ, Blake Griffin by then, probably not definitely not as good as they are now. Drummond is 25, so you know by the time 2022 rolls around, he's probably in his prime. So there's no nothing really wrong with Andrew Drummond. But you look at the two main pieces there; they have a big three. But two of those people in the big three are going to still be getting paid amounts of money, 
and they're not really going to be that good anymore. Especially Blake Griffin always getting injured. Like, Blake Griffin, if he wasn't constantly hurt, he's one of the best players in the NBA. I still think when he's not hurt, he's probably a top 15 player, right on the border. There, He's definitely top 20, borderline top 15. If he was like, when he's healthy. If he was always healthy throughout his career, like, he's a pretty durable player, he's probably top 10. Uh, you know, he's played through all of these injuries. He's an incredible player. He's really expanded his game. Uh, and I just think that would, you know, you need stuff in that backcourt as well. My only problem with it is now you have no, not, no youth at all. I mean, Luke Kennard was your main young guy, which isn't, you know, isn't great. I mean, you do have Saku Dumboya, but Dumboya may never play an NBA game for all we know. I mean, as much as Dumboya, you know, could be the next Pascal Siakam, he could be the next guy to never play in the NBA. Like, I don't know what to say for that. Like, there's just, he's a huge hit or miss. And, you know, outside of him, what do you have for young talent on that team? They did add Tony Snell for a bit of shooting, but still, I mean, that's the tough thing about this team. Luke Kennard was probably your best shooter. Now he's gone. I mean, Blake Griffin has expanded his game, as I was saying. But, again, this is a bit of a risky trade for the Pistons. I really think the Pistons should blow it up and do the opposite. Because if you get Russ, too, you're up against the cap. You have now pretty much no youth. You already had little, but now you have none, really, outside of Sakuda Boy, who, again, may never play a game. And, again, you give up Jackson and Galloway, which I'm sure you're fine with. You're only really giving up Kennard, who's a nice shooter for the future, but he's no all-star. Don Maker looks basically like a bust. Best, like a rotational piece. And two, you know, two picks. One isn't going to have a lot of value. The 2022 one could be a lottery pick, possibly, though. So this wouldn't be a bad trade for the Thunder. I don't really find it as the most appealing one on here. I think I'm going to rank the trades at the end. That's what I'll do. I already feel like this is going to be a long episode, but I'll rank the trades at the end. And next, out of the ones I've done. Next, we got the Magic. Okay, don't think there's a great chance Russ lands in Orlando, but I don't count that out either. I think this is one of the top five destinations. This is not the crazy one in case you were thinking about it. It's just the Magic aren't really talked about a lot in the Russell Westbrook sweepstakes. Uh, so we got uh, Russ would go to the Magic for Aaron Gordon, Mo Bamba, Markel Fultz, the Magic 2020 first rounder, their 2021 second rounder, and their 2023 first rounder. So all the Magic pick. Aaron Gordon is a forward, small forward slash power forward, on a $19.8 million deal for the next three years. He's overpaid. He's inconsistent, but still, you know, a nice athletic player. He's an athletic beast, actually. One of the best athletes in the league, but he's still not that great. Maybe a change of scenery would be nice especially because that front court's already loaded enough. You get rid of Mo Bamba, who Mo Bamba didn't look very good last year. He's constantly injured. But then again, he was playing in Orlando, which, you know, most players, if you go to Orlando, it's not exactly the best place to develop, especially when you're playing behind Nikola Vucevic. And that front court was loaded, okay? So it wasn't a great spot for Bamba. He was hurt. Front court was loaded, yeah. And then there's Mark Huffle, too. 9.7 mil over the next three years. Doesn't look pretty, but again, Markel Fultz right now looks like a bust, but really he if he comes back and you are patient with Markel Fultz, he could be a future all-star, possibly. A great you know shot creator, great score. 
I do look at it. You know, you can play both guard positions. So, you know, you're already looking at this roster saying, you know, you already got Dennis Schroeder and Shai Gilles Alexander fighting the ball. Now what if Markel Fultz comes back? Well, you're just going to have to decide. And you can just put – I'd say get rid of Schroeder. It's contract. If you really have to, you can keep Shai Gilles Alexander and put Markel Fultz at the two. If Fultz comes back and is, like, a pretty good player. Because Gilgis Alexander is more of just a playmaking point guard, and Fultz is more of a creates-his-own-shot-and-gets-bucket type of guard. So it'll be actually a good combination. And either Schroeder runs the bench like he's doing right now, or you trade him. That's simple. But right now, it doesn't look like Fultz is going to return. He's more just to make the cap uh, work, but again, I still think he has value. On paper, this trade isn't horrible, Okay. You know, you're getting Gordon, who's a bit over... You know, you, on paper, Russ, just player-wise, forget the contracts. Russ for Aaron Gordon, Mo Bamba, and Markel Fultz. Plus a 2020 pick, uh, 2021, uh, 2023 first-rounder, 2020 first-rounder, and a 2021 second-rounder, not bad. But then you factor in the contract. Sure, Russ is overpaid, sure. But so is Aaron Gordon, so is Markel Fultz, and right now it looks like Mo Bamba... 5.6 looks like too much for that guy. Just saying. So I think you gotta add some picks. That's not a bad haul for the Thunder. Uh, minus 5 wins for the Thunder. Plus 5 for the Magic. Uh, it, this is actually a very good trade for the Magic. The 2020 first rounder, again. The Magic made the playoffs last year. Definitely making it this year. That's, again, kind of like the Pistons at highest 17 or 18. But the 2022 you know, one, whatever. And then the 2023 first rounder could have value. Russ, definitely not getting any younger. Worse and worse by the year. Vucevic probably just had his best season last season. Very, you know, at best he repeats that this year. So by 2023, he's not the same player. They don't have a ton of young talent. When I look at it, they got Jonathan Isaac, who, you know, hasn't really proven he'll be anything great. Best a nice little role player. Terrence Ross is young, if you consider him. Like, I think he's around 26, maybe. And he's only like a three and ish wing like they don't really have any young talent Tumo Keki if he return if he you know all of this they don't have much young talent so by 2023 I'm not really sure where the magic are that pick could have some serious value not a bad option for the Thunder I don't think it I'm not sure it's the top one but you know there are some horrible like I don't want Aaron Gordon in his contract I don't especially with that Thunder team needing shooting this doesn't give you any shooting okay Markel Fultz, if he's healthy, if Markel Fultz in two years from now, you know, in a year and a half, maybe Markel Fultz, if he can return healthy and his shoulder's not bothering him anymore. But if Markel Fultz returns, his shoulder's bothering him, he's a bad shooter. People think he's a bad shooter. If Markel Fultz is healthy, he's actually a pretty good shooter. So, you know, we'll, we'll see on that one. But that gives you no shooting, which is a big problem. Uh, then, third one is the Rockets. You're probably saying, Aiden, the, the Rockets? The Rockets. Are you, why? Okay, people have talked about the Rockets, though. Most people still don't understand why. Do I understand why? Mm-hmm. From a sense standpoint, no. But I understand why the Rockets would want to do it. They'd have to give up Chris Paul. I've heard people say just throwing Clint Capella or Gordon in some picks or something like that. No, 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 no. You talk about Chris Paul. In James Harden, fighting for the ball, add Russell Westbrook. <laughs> add Russell Westbrook to that mix. And tell me how that's working by December, okay? 
So the trade would be Russell Westbrook for Chris Paul, the Rockets' 2023 first rounder, their 2020 first rounder, and a 2020 second rounder via Memphis. So that would be a pretty high second rounder. Okay. Not a bad deal at all. The 2020 first rounder, honestly, that's that's not going to have too much value. Okay. That that almost has as much value as the Memphis second rounder because the Memphis second rounder is going to be a high second rounder. That first round pick is going to be, you know, mid-20s, I'd say. And then you add a 2023 first-round pick. James Harden right now is an MVP candidate. By 2023, no. James Harden right now is in his prime. If not, he's slightly declining. Okay? Like, this year, I think we might see a bit of a decline. By 2023, James Harden's probably maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe just a solid scorer. Still a starter, I assume. But Russ, by 2023, I'm not really sure where this Rockets team is. They don't have a ton of youth. You know, Clint Capella got really it's really that's about it. So kind of sit there and say, why are the Rockets willing to do this? Because James Harden and Russell Westbrook had the two highest usage rates last season. Using Chris Paul and James Harden is bad, substitute Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook. And I totally agree. And the thing is, the Rockets would have to give up three picks, two first. Okay, so I kind of look at that trade as like, eh, you know, really for both sides. I don't see this happening, but I do see the Rockets pursuing Russell Westbrook. Right now, they're desperate for a championship. They are desperate to try this. They would be willing. Does it make a lot of sense? No, but I think the Rockets are just super desperate right now. Daryl Morey has done a good job with that team, but we're starting to see desperation lately. I think he wants to move Chris. I think they should want to move Chris Ball. Clearly, him and James Harden weren't a good fit. If they're not a good fit, it would make no sense with Russell Westbrook. To give up Chris Paul and three picks for Russell Westbrook wouldn't make a whole lot of sense because that's an even worse fit. But I think he this would be a move where he just can't really figure out anything and he just says, you know what, we got to do something, and he just makes that move. According to the website, two plus wins for the Rockets and two, minus two wins for the Thunder. It doesn't make sense for either side because for the Thunder, why would you want Chris Paul in his contract for the next three years? You're looking for young pieces. You know, you might look for, you know, you know, one guy that's, you know, like Danilo Gallinari's contract. Like, all right, better example, Reggie Jackson. You know, he's not making 38.5 mil, but, you know, in the high teens, you know, expiring deal. Chris Paul is making the same amount as Russell Westbrook, just one less deal, one less year. I'm sorry, no thanks. And really, those picks, two of them don't have much value. Really, the 2023 pick might have some value. So, no, doesn't really make sense for either side, but there's a possibility. Uh, and then the Raptors. This is the one that probably won't happen that I just want to throw in there because it's unique. These two sides were in trade talks, mostly just to Thunder uh, approach the Raptors with this trade. They, you know, approached them with Russell Westbrook and Paul George uh, with the centerpiece being Pascal Siakam, probably Kyle Lowry in there as well. But I decided to throw this one in there just because why not? And I wanted to do something unique a little out of the box. Do I think this will happen? Probably not a chance. This would really, really only make sense. If the Thunder didn't get too good good of offers, because this isn't like this is actually a pretty solid offer, but 
this would only really make sense if the Raptors wanted to, you know, they said, no, we're not rebuilding. We're going all in and we're trading Kyle Lowry. We want Russell Westbrook. And we, You know what? Because we want to keep contending, but we don't think we can do it with Kyle Lowry. So we're going to trade a ton of pieces to get Russell Westbrook and then trade Kyle Lowry to kind of fill in some of those pieces. Maybe get a pick out of Kyle Lowry and like a good like wing player or something. I don't know. Probably something like that, which I doubt will happen. But again, I want to think outside the box. So the Raptors would receive Russell Westbrook, and the Thunder would receive Serge Ibaka, Fred Van Fleet, OG Ananobi, or Og, whatever you want to say. I say OG. Stanley Johnson, a 2020 first-rounder that belongs to the Raptors. All these picks are the Raptors, by the way. A 2020 first-rounder, a 2022 first-rounder, a 2024 first-rounder, and a 2020 second-rounder. All right, so Serge Ibaka, $23.2 million. You're like, ooh, that's that's quite a bit of money, but it's a one-year deal. It's really only to make the deal work. Serge Ibaka has played for the Thunder before, so he's used to the system. Different players now, but then there's Fred Van Fleet, who is going to be a bit overrated after that finals appearance. He's a good shooter, a bit of an inconsistent shooter, but he's a good shooter. He's a solid defender. Uh, you know, He can do a bit of facilitating. But he is on a only one-year deal. And that's a player you want locked in for long-term. Fred Van Fleet's a young player with, you know, some solid potential to be like a nice, you know, like fourth option on a title contending team in the future. Something like that. Like, he's a, he'll be like a solid, like, 15-point-per-game score with solid defense. Get you a few assists. He can play either guard position, I believe. He can play shooting guard. Uh, at least that's what I think. But he's only on a one-year deal. It really decreases his value. Uh, he's not a you know he's not some stunning player anyway. He's a nice little young piece, but that one-year deal really kills you. OG Ananobi is locked in for three years on two point two million dollars. He'll he's really just a nice defensive rotational piece. So nothing big there. He just gives you a defender on the wing. And then there's Stanley Johnson, two years, three point six million dollars. He's kind of busted, but I still think there's a bit there with Stanley Johnson, just another young piece, especially just to help make this money work. Then the picks, the twenty twenty picks, you know that first round picks probably you know at highest nineteen, you know somewhere like at highest it's in the very high teens. That's at very highest. Then there's the second rounder twenty by twenty twenty two though. This Raptors team isn't getting any younger. By 2022, Pascal Siakam's a beast. He's the only he's by 2022, Pascal Siakam's really the only the better player on that team. You know, maybe if Chris Boucher comes up and yeah, you know, does what he did in the G League, but then again, I don't know. This team's just kind of aging, and Russell Westbrook does not help that. You know, if they ended up trading Kyle Lowry, things can happen. But so far, looking at their roster, Pascal Siakam's really only the only player that will be better in 2022 than they are now that we really know of. Obviously, they'll probably get a few more pieces, but still, that pick has some decent value. By 2024, this Raptors team could be rebuilding. Seriously. Russell Westbrook is probably in, I wouldn't say retirement, but he's not not even close to the player he's now. But 2024, he's a free agent, I do believe. If I'm, do you know, that's his last year of his deal, I do think so. Again, he's not the same player, even close to it. So that pick could have some serious value. You know, they're a bit of an unknown. Obviously, any pick that's years ahead, you don't really know. But we can assume that those would have some at least decent value. Not a bad trade here, although it is out of the box, probably not going to happen. 
Uh, we got two left here, so we're going to get to now the Minnesota Timberwolves. We obviously know the Timberwolves are a bit stuck as well. They look like they'll be at the bottom of the West this year. They're in need of a point guard. They wanted D'Angelo Russell, and, I mean, there's still possible signing trades that could happen there, but it doesn't sound like it's going to happen. Carl Anthony Towns could request a trade if they don't get a point guard. So he could request, let's go after Russell Westbrook. And you say, that's not a bad, oh yeah, for the Raptors, by the way, for that trade. Three, three more, three more wins projected for the Raptors. So plus three wins, and for the Thunder, minus three. Obviously, for the Thunder, they should all be pretty negative because they're trying to rebuild and get younger pieces. Yeah, so that makes sense. Raptors plus three projected wins. Obviously, you got to get rid of Lowry as well. So for the Timberwolves here, they would receive Russell Westbrook, and the Th- and the Timberwolves would give up. The Thunder would be receiving Andrew Wiggins. Robert Covington, a 2020 second round pick, a 2022 first rounder, and a 2024 first rounder. Andrew Wiggins obviously has a boatload. He has God-given potential. He was touched by the hand of God and given incredible basketball talent. Bleacher Report projected projected him to be the second best player in the NBA by, I think, 2024 or right, no, right now, right now at this moment like five years ago. Unfortunately for Andrew Wiggins, well, no, not unfortunately. Not unfortunately at all. Why did I say that? Unfortunately for Timberwolves fans and people that have put up with this guy, he doesn't work for it at all. He's just lazy. He doesn't care. As soon as he got the cash, he checked out. He said, you know what? I'm done. I've seen him in the gym once, once. I haven't seen him real eye to eye, but I've seen, I heard once people seen him at the gym. That's not a lie. I'm sure he's been to the gym more, but this guy, he doesn't work for it at all. He's lazy about it. He was a great player, and he worked a decent amount when he was a rookie. But once he got that big check for the next four years, and he was locked in, five years, excuse me, and once he was locked in, he was just like, eh, I don't care anymore. He doesn't really like basketball. He just likes the money. He, You know, all of this. And honestly, it's just it's a shame because if he worked for it, you know, if he cared a little more, he'd be a fantastic player. And Andrew Wiggins is a huge wild card. The thing with the Thunder is here, this could end up, he could end up, this could end up being a great trade. If Andrew Wiggins all of a sudden, this change of scenery, and he just turns things around, Russell Westbrook for Andrew Wiggins straight up would have been a win for the Thunder. Then you had Robert Covington in three picks. This, if Andrew, if they could turn things around with Andrew Wiggins, this would be one of the best trades. But I don't think that's gonna. I, I'm not sure. Okay, I'm just not sure. If you can't really change someone's heart, it's not really something you teach. I like to see Andrew Wiggins with San Antonio. Maybe he just needs that change of scenery. He just needs, you know, someone to push him. And maybe he's not getting that in Minnesota. I uh, wouldn't really be too surprised. So maybe that. But Robert Covington, 11.3 mil over the next three years. Amazing 3D wing. I had a few questions about his three-point shot early with the Sixers. But he was a defensive player of the year candidate. And nonetheless, still has a good three-point shot. That's the perfect player they need on that wing. A three-point shooter. A 3D wing, even. You add the defense to it, too. That's completely fine. Especially with Paul George gone. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That that's extra value just because the Thunder need it so bad. The twenty twenty second, yeah, it's all the Timberwolves picks by twenty twenty two. Cat is a little better. Russ is a little worse. Jared Culver, I do think he's gonna bust, but what do I know? So maybe he's solid by then. Josh Okoji looks like a rising star. 
Uh, although I don't really like him. Good defender. Well, I'm not really sure where the Timberwolves will be in 2022 or 2024, to be honest. So I'm not, I can't really tell you too much about those picks, but Andrew Wiggins is the real wild card. Are you willing to take on his contract and take that chance? Odds are he ends up busting, but like Andrew Wiggins still, uh, let me look up his stats, but I believe the last time I checked, he was scoring like 18 points per game or something around that number. 18.1, what do you know? But the thing about that is he shot 41% from the field, you know, took a lot of shots, you know, all, all this stuff. Look at the year before, he averaged just a little less points, but he's more efficient. He just got 4.8 rebounds. I do think there's a chance for Andrew Wiggins to be able to turn it around. I do think there's a, a chance that if he went to OKC, this change of scenery would really help him. I do think that there's a chance. But then again, it's all about Andrew Wiggins. What is Andrew Wiggins willing to do? How much does Andrew Wiggins care? It's not It's not about, you know, how much does OKC care. It's not because Minnesota wasn't willing, you know, Minnesota just said, you know what, no, we're not working with you. It's Andrew Wiggins isn't willing to work for it. He doesn't have the heart. So that that's a big problem, okay? That is a big problem. But if that worked, all of a sudden he became the player that we thought he was going to be four years ago, then all of a sudden this is an incredible trade. Not only do you have Andrew Wiggins, three picks in Robert Covington, sign me up. But then again, that's a huge risk because if Andrew Wiggins is the player that he is in Minnesota this year and he continues that, he's kind of just keeps declining, honestly. I, his numbers are declining. And now you're stuck with that contract, which isn't you know too much prettier than Russell Westbrook's. I'd rather have Russell Westbrook in his contract than Andrew Wiggins in his contract all day, any day. Uh, but if Andrew Wiggins can turn it around, then maybe I take Wiggins. Just because Wiggins is younger, could be better than Westbrook if he lives up to his potential and he's getting paid less. Five plus wins for the Timberwolves, minus five for the Thunder. So again, for the Timberwolves, I think this will be more than plus five. I know Roko was hurt for most of the season, but still, this is that's a good three and D wing. But Wiggins, I mean Wiggins, you know, took a lot of shots. So it's not like Russell Westbrook coming in. You know, I think Russell Westbrook going there and taking a lot of shots isn't, like, a horrible thing. Uh, most teams, that hurts. Like, the Rockets, that's really, really hurts. The Rockets, no, the Rockets, that really, really hurts. But with the Timberwolves, I don't really think so. It's not like Wiggins wasn't taking as many shots as Russell Westbrook, but he still was kind of up there. Like, not even, not close to Russ, but still, I just think with the Timberwolves team, they don't have a lot of people who are really like, oh, give me the ball, give me the ball. So I think that'll be fine. I think that'll be actually a solid fit in Minnesota, which is saying a lot because Russ isn't really a great fit anywhere. Then we had the Miami Heat, the favorite to land Russell Westbrook. Okay, the favorites. Here, this was a tough one. There are a ton of packages I came up with, okay? But I wanted to stick to one. One and only. So, for this trade, the Heat would receive Russell Westbrook and a second-round pick that belongs to Chicago in 2020 and a 2022 second-round pick that belongs to OKC. So, here you can tell the load that the Thunder are getting back is probably the highest right here. And you're correct. That's why they had thrown the two seconds with Westbrook. The Thunder would receive Tyler Hero... Bam Adebayo, Justice Winslow, and Goran Dragic. No picks, because the Heat right now, I think, don't want to give up any picks. They're saying, we already don't have any picks right now. We currently have nothing. Like, no picks at all. Not not no picks, but we're really missing a lot of picks. We don't want to give up any more. 
So they're like, you know, we'll throw in this player, and they got to make the money work. I've heard they want at least two, at least out of Justice Winslow, Bam Adebayo, and Tyler Hero, they want two of those guys. We already know Justice Winslow looks like a solid point forward for the future. Bam Adebayo looks like he could be a solid, reliable starting five. We don't know about Tyler Hero. All I know is he's a nice player. Uh, Thomas, that rant I had, I think it was on his podcast, unfortunately, but I ranted. He called Tyler Hero a 3-and-D wing. Maybe you disagree with me. Tyler Hero's a great shooter, but he's no 3-and-D wing. The guy's literally 6'6 with a 6'3 wingspan, and he can't play defense. Thomas said, well, he tries on defense. So I brought up the point, if you, you listening right now, if you tried on defense, how would you do in the NBA? If I tried on defense, how would I do in the NBA? If Thomas tried on defense, how would he do in the NBA? Listen, maybe you're listening and you're some basketball stud. Like, I'm not bad myself, but, I mean, I'm 13, you know? I'm not bad, but I'm no NBA future NBA star. And even if you are, at 13 years old, exactly. What do you expect? Maybe you're in the NBA right now and you're listening to this. If you are, really, uh, that's incredible. That, oh, wow, that would be incredible. But I doubt it. I highly doubt it. Um... But no, the Thunder get Tyler Hero, who I, I said would be a great fit with the Thunder, especially with Ross and PG gone now. Amazing fit. I just I always just saw Tyler Hero in a Thunder jersey, and I still believe that could possibly happen here. A great shooter. They desperately need shooting. I do look at Tyler Hero as somewhat of a ball-dominant player, especially down the stretch. He's not afraid of the moment. I know I called him ball-dominant on Tom's podcast, and he got mad. It's not like he's non-ball-dominant. I think Tyler Hero... Is a bit. He's not crazy like Russell Westbrook. I think it's a fine amount, especially for at Kentucky. It seems like it's kind of yeah. He's not afraid of the moment. Let's just say that. But no, Tyler Hero, bit ball dominant. But that's all right. Russ is gone. PG's gone. It's not. He's not too ball dominant anyway. Great shooter too, which they need. Bam out of bio. I know you have Stephen Adams, but Stephen Adams could be gone. Let's be honest. Let's sit here and be honest with ourselves. They're looking to shop Steven Adams. They are shopping Steven Adams. I know that for a fact because it's been reported. But their asking price was way too high, so they got to lower that a bit. But Bam Adebayo, whether he's playing behind Steven Adams or he's starting because Steven Adams is off the team, that's a good piece. Whether that's a future trade chip for you or he's your backup center. Bam Adebayo, you know, if he ends up being your starter for the future, Bam Adebayo is no great starting five. In the future, I see him as maybe an average starting five. I do like the kid, but if he's a backup, he's a backup. It's not like this guy should be starting. Yeah, he's definitely, no, he definitely needs to start. No, at best, he's an average center in the future, I'd say. And if you're looking to move Steven Adams, Bam Adebayo is no upgrade over Steven Adams, but it's not a too big of a dip, you know what I'm saying? Especially, you know, depending on what you get back for Steven Adams. Then you got Justice Winslow. I have the biggest problem with Winslow. I really like Justice Winslow. I think he's super underrated. He is making 13 mil over the next three years, but I think that will be well-deserved in a year or two. 13 mil may be just a bit much right now, but even that's not too off from what he should be making. Right now, he should be making around like 9, 8 mil, but in a year or two, season or two, he's totally worth that money. He's a point forward my only problem is you have Shy Gildas Alexander. Now you have also Tyler Hero, and you got Dennis Schroeder. So where does Justice Winslow fit into that equation? Okay, Justice Winslow is a point forward, but at the same time, he's a forward. 
but he, he's a small forward, but he technically just runs the point. And I know positionless basketball, I know LeBron was just named point guard of the Lakers today, but before he was always small forward, but still brought the ball up. But that's not really the same. Especially because Shai Gilgis Alexander isn't going to do good standing around at the three-point line spreading the floor. He's a playmaker. Not happening. Okay? So you're not sitting between Dennis Schroeder, Justice Winslow, and Shai Gilgis Alexander. You have to trade one of them. Especially with Tyler Hero now, too. You have to trade one of them. And I'm trading probably Schroeder just because of his contract, but or Winslow. I, I like Shy. I like Shy. And it's not saying Justice is, you know, not as good as Shy. It's just Shy's on the, you know, Shy is the youngest. I think he has the, you know, high, high, best future ahead of him. And he's a good fit for this team if they can get some shooting. I don't know. I just think he's the youngest, least paid. It's just my opinion. And then Goran Dragic, who could totally stay with the Heat and be a good fit because he's just a versatile shooter and scorer. He's a point guard that doesn't need the ball in his hands. He can catch and shoot from three. He can spread the floor for Russ. Uh, all of that. Goran Dragic, only on one year, 19.2 mil. Uh, you know, he's on an expiring deal. They have Danilo Gallinari on the wing. They get another versatile scorer. So, you know, now you're adding Goran Dragic to the mix-up point guard. That's okay. He can play shooting guard and be off-ball. You're going to have to trade one of those point guards rather than less. That, nonetheless, that just – it's too much back there. It's too crowded. But Goran Dragic isn't really the one that you have to trade. Play out his contract for a year. Let him be a versatile guard for you that can kind of spread the floor a little bit. Or like Shai Alexander could use some shooting outside, like Danilo Gallinari. So this would not be a bad trade. The Thunder, only, only problem is they have to give it two seconds, which I think they're totally fine with. Um, so that's, now let's rank the halls. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, let's, as I just said, that was, that was just a bit awkward. But now we are going to rank these six trades for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Okay, uh, really sorry for the awkward transition there. But anyway, I have ranked these uh, six trades. It wasn't very easy to do, especially towards the end. Uh, but the worst trade here for the Oklahoma City Thunder would be the one with the Rockets, where they give up Russell Westbrook for Chris Paul, a 2020 first-round pick that belongs to the Rockets, a 2020 second-round pick that belongs to Memphis, and a 2023 first-rounder. Again, the 2020 picks probably don't have much value. Late first, early second. And then the 2023 first rounder for the Rockets could have some decent value. But at the end of the day, the only player you're getting is Chris Paul, who's on the same exact contract, minus one year with Russell Westbrook. It doesn't really put you in rebuild mode. Like you're trying to give up Russell Westbrook for young picks and players and maybe one you know older player on an expiring deal. Chris Paul is an older player, but he's no on no expiring deal. You're trying to tank right now, you know, tank, more rebuild, I guess. But no, Chris Paul's not the piece you need. That's not a very good trade for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now in fifth, we have the trade with the Raptors, where they receive Serge Ibaka, Fred Van Fleet, OG Ananobi, Stanley Johnson, a 2020 first-round pick, a 2020 second-round pick, a 2022 first-rounder, and a 2024 first-rounder, all belong to the Raptors. That's a haul of picks, three firsts and a fourth uh, and a second. My bad. Uh, but oh, at the end of the day, you know, I look at the picks. The 2021s don't have much value. By 2022, you know, again, with this Raptors team, we're not really too sure. Those picks are kind of question marks besides the 2022 ones. We can tell you probably don't have a ton of value if they get Russell Westbrook and trade Kyle Lowry. 
those picks don't right now have a ton of value. 2022 and 2024 are big question marks, so it's a tough read. But then I look at the players. Serge Ibaka's expiring contract. Fred Van Fleet's on a bad piece, but he only has one year left on his deal. And at the end of the day, after he's not what he was in the NBA Finals. OG, OG Ananobi's a nice defender, but he's really just a rotational piece. Stanley Johnson, kind of the same thing, just a rotational piece. For Russell Westbrook, not the best haul you could have got out of these six options. Then we had the trade with the Pistons. Uh, this coming in uh, fifth or fourth place. Uh, here they got they traded Russell Westbrook for Reggie Jackson's expiring deal, Luke Kennard, Thon Maker, Langston Galloway, a 2020 first and a 2022 first, both belong to the Pistons. Obviously, here Reggie Jackson's expiring deal. Same with Langston Galloway, just to kind of make the deal work. Then you got Luke Kennard, who's a great shooter on the wing. A uh, great young shooter on the wing, too. Locked in for the next three years. Thon Maker's more just a rotational piece, but he is a stretch big that can shoot the ball as well. Kind of a bust, but still, he gives you some shooting. So, it gets shooting here and a few expiring deals. The 2020 pick probably doesn't have a lot of value, but the 2022 pick could be a lottery pick. I, If I had a bet on it, I'd bet it is will be a lottery pick by then. So, that thing is solid value. But still, at the end of the day, really, what are you getting? Two expiring deals. A pick in the twenties, a good shoot, a good young shooter. But outside of shooting, he doesn't really bring a lot. Uh, a bust who's really just a rotational piece, and a possible lottery pick. But that lottery, you know, it's probably you know it could it could end up being a very good pick because we don't know with today's lottery. If, if you have a chance in the lottery, you could end up being number one nowadays. But I still I don't really like that draft hall. Uh, that draft, but pick you know it was all right but it wasn't the best then between three and two was almost a tie but for number three I had to go with the Orlando Magic it was very very close though with the Timberwolves super close I mean I could really flip-flop it and I couldn't really give an argument but between the two super close the haul that the Thunder were getting here was giving up Russell Westbrook and getting Aaron Gordon Who's on a pretty big deal? I wouldn't say he's worth 19.8 million over the next three years, but the guy's only 23 years old. He's drafted in 2014, so we kind of forget that he's only 23 years old. Super athletic. He averaged 16 points last season, but in 2017, he averaged 17.6. He's a bit more efficient this year. So he's efficient, but it shows his shots went down. I mean, he averaged less rebounds thanks to Vucevic, but he's more efficient. Okay. So the efficiency's going up. He's super athletic. The guy can grab rebounds. He can drive to the hoops, throw down dunks, put some fans in the seats. I mean, he's a great young player. He could be something solid. Like, he, he kind of reminds me of ish Blake Griffin when he was younger. Just kind of that athletic, freakish monster that doesn't really have an outside game. Blake Griffin ended up developing one. I don't think it'll be Blake Griffin, but then again, what do I know? I doubt it, but... So I think there's definitely potential there. He's not worth almost $20 million right now. Maybe in three years he will be, but still, that one was a bit iffy, that contract. But still, he's a good player with some good potential. Mo Bamba, these are all three players. Like Aaron Gordon, we know, will be solid. But Mar- Mo Bamba and Markel Fultz are huge hit or misses. Mo Bamba's locked in for the next four years. Not on a big deal, but he's locked in for the next four years. And he was hurt in Orlando. He didn't play very well when he was on the court, so... There's questions concerning his game, but remember, he was playing in a loaded front court, kind of like Aaron Gordon. Like, I think Vooch really hurted the development 
of Aaron Gordon and even Mo Bamba when he was on the court. And then you got Mark Hill to really just look like a bust, making 9.7 mil over the next three years. He looks like a bust right now, but again, he could end up being a good score at that two position for the uh, Magic. And then you got the 2021st. The 2021 second, the 2023 first. Again, the, the first and the second, the 2021st and the second rounder probably don't have a ton of value, but the 2023 first could be something special. Then the number two, again, it's pretty much tied with the Magic, is Andrew Wiggins, Robert Covington, the 2024 first, the 2022 first, and the 2022nd. Interesting haul. Obviously, if you can, if the change of scenery makes Andrew Wiggins the player that we thought he'd be like four years ago, this is an incredible trade. But he's a huge wild card. If he ends up being the player that he was last season in Minnesota and just keeps declining, you're stuck with that contract for the next four years. But you do get a nice wing player and a nice few picks there. And then number one was the Miami Heat trade. You do give up Russ in two seconds, but it's two second-round picks. To get Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, Justice Winslow, and Goran Dragic and an expiring deal. I already just explained this trade. I believe that is the best draft haul. Sorry for kind of repeating myself for another seven minutes, but I just wanted to get the point across there. So those are those six trades. We just talked about Russell Westbrook with potential trades for almost 40, uh, 42, 43 minutes, and we still have another segment up, boys. Uh, obviously, I said at the beginning of the episode, I think I had to redo the intro because I said I was going to do the home run derby challenge. It's not because I said, oh, uh, you know, kind of run low on time here. I am, but at the same time, I could still fit it in. But the problem is, when I started this podcast, the home run derby's not on yet. Then I had to go take a little break. I had to go do something, and I came back. The home run derby's on. I saw Vladimir Guerrero smash like 28, nine home, 29 home runs. So I didn't want to cheat for you guys and be like, no, 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 I didn't. So the next time I do like a challenge, trust me, I'm not, I'm not cheating, okay? I could easily cheat this bracket, MLB bracket challenge right now, and I could get all the first-round picks right. You'd be like, how'd you get that right? Well, take a guess. Because I already watched it. And I'm not going to lie to you guys and just sit here and waste your time. Like, oh, I predict. No, I'm not doing that. I already watched a few of the rounds. Jock Peterson beat Alex Bregman. No, not not cheating, not doing that. I'm wasting your time, wasting my time. So that's why I'm not doing it. So now we are going to get to the Red Sox midseason grades and some of the moves they could make uh, coming into the trade deadline. So let's get to that. Okay, so I was, I was just talking about we're done with the first half of the season. A little over 80-something games have been played, but still, we are over a half of the season currently. We're at the halfway point, I guess. They have played over half the games, again, that are in the regular season. they played over 82 games of the 164, or, you know, 81 of the 162. I always forget. Too many games. But anyway, this is like the all-star break. It's the check mark. It's a check mark. Teams to regroup. Teams to get that little off point. All right, group the trade deadlines coming up. Let's sit here and think. Currently, the Red Sox are at forty nine and forty one, nine games back of the Yankees, three uh excuse me two and a half behind the Rays, with a five forty four percentage. Six and four in the last ten, but none of that matters. You're forty nine and forty one, third in the AL East, which don't get me wrong is a good division. Okay, so the Orioles are pretty bad. They've overachieved a bit. You know, 27 and 62 is overachieving for that team. And the Blue Jays have been, you know, what, what we thought. Not that great. But you got the Rays and the Yankees. And probably the best division in the AL. 
you know, maybe the AL West. You know, AL Central's not bad, but no, I'd say the AL West, maybe. But it's close. Okay? You're in no stunning division, but you're in a good one. But I give your team a D plus so far, okay? You know what? I might bump that up to a C minus, okay? So I'm basically I'm the teacher. I'm giving you a grade compared to your peers, I guess. What what are your expectations also? Because you know, you get the point. But the Red Sox are defending champs. They brought back most of the roster outside of Craig Kimbrell and Joe Kelly. Okay, so the bullpen's a little worse. The reason I want to bump that up a little from the D plus is because you have to remember this team, you know, 49 and 41, they're on pace for like 88 wins. Okay, it, it's just tough to grade because, you know, they're not having a horrible year compared to expectations they are. But you have to remember everyone in that bullpen has to play too high of a role. So, you know, that's on the Red Sox organization. But their starting pitching's underachieved. Some guys have underachieved. It's tough to grade. It really is for the Boston Red Sox. But I'm going to give them either a D plus. I, I'll give them a C minus just because I feel like. I'll give them a C minus just because I feel like, you know, you're a little hungover from the uh, World Series last year. It's hard to repeat. It really is. And you're out without Craig Kimbrell and Joe Kelly. You're without some pieces. And you've asked these guys to do too much, like Matt Barnes. If this team was just could just get a closer, you'd be better. Okay, so that's on the front office, not on the team, the roster itself. But I can't take away the fact that, yes, you know, you're having Super Bowl hangover, but not a Super Bowl, a World Series hangover, but still, you have the talent to be better. Okay, and your starting pitching hasn't done well. Look at Mookie Betts, J.D. Martinez, they've struggled. Sure, you know, Raphael Devers, Xander Bogarts, Christian Vasquez, they've all stepped up, but the big guys... Buki Vecchi, Martinez, Andrew Benintendi, they haven't. They haven't played up to expectations. So it's a tough grade for the Red Sox. I, I really figured that out. Like, it's a tough grade because it's tough to grade these in general because it's just like you get a factor in expectations, but you have to remember they're in the AL. This is as bad as baseball's got. Like, this is bad, okay? But this AL is pretty wide open. You're in seventh in this AL. You're in the middle of the pack in the American League that consists of the Orioles, the Detroit Tigers, the Kansas City Royals, the Seattle Mariners, the Toronto Blue Jays. You're as good as the Texas Rangers right now. Slightly better. You're 49-41. They're 48-42. You're one game better than the Texas Rangers. If that makes you feel good, you're in seventh place. Sixth, seventh place in the wild card. Well, not wild card. Overall in the American League. Okay? That's not very good considering all the talent you have. Considering the talent you have, you should be right. You should be ahead of the Yankees, if not right up their tail. Okay? But, instead, you're not only nine games back of the Yankees, but two and a half of the Rays. I do give them credit, you know, for, you know... Obviously, the first half of the season after winning the World Series is tough, and they're still hanging in there. But at the same time, you should—you can still be better. Your expectations were higher. No one thought they'd be out of the playoffs right now. If you did, you're either a genius or you're just stupid. But then you ended up being, you know, looking smart, but you're just being stupid when you said that. Okay, no one expected 
this at all. No one, don't even come to me and tell me, oh, I predicted the Red Sox would be out of the playoffs. I want proof. I want proof. I want witnesses. Give it to me. If you have proof, you have witnesses, I'll buy it. Maybe. But if I don't have proof and you're telling me, oh, yeah, I predicted that, I don't even want to hear it. I don't. I don't, because I don't believe it. I don't. No one thought that this team, it never happens. What team goes in after winning a World Series, loses just their closer, I know it's hurt this team, 18 blown saves, but just loses their closer. I know it's a big just, but still, even without Craig Kimbrell, you might lose a few more games, so you shouldn't be out of the playoffs. I give him credit for hanging in there. I do. But it's clear. This team doesn't have the focus, which I don't blame them. It's hard to repeat. You know, you just won. Now you have to do it all over again. The season's too long to do that. Repeating and repeating in baseball is too hard. Okay, once you do it, it's like uh, 160-something games plus the playoffs again. Uh, it's too hard to focus, okay? It is. I can't blame it all on losing Craig Kimbrell. Chris Sale has not done that good, okay? I can't blame it all on, you know, Nathan Valdez's injury. Your bullpen may lose Craig Kimbrell and may have to play too high of a role, but still. I look at, you know, these guys, Mookie Betts, Shady Martinez, Chris Sale, Rick Porcello, Andrew Benintendi. Overall, I got to give them like a C minus, D plus for that, okay? 49-41 is not bad, but for what this team could do, it's not, it's not too pretty. What do you think? Calling on the Anchor Mobile app, using the Anchor Mobile app, or Safari. And calling what you think. What is this team's grade? Midway point. What is their grade? What moves should they make going in to this trade deadline? It shouldn't be hitting. So if you call in and just say hitting, don't. Don't. Okay, just don't. I say bullpen. Most people do say starting pitching. I heard someone say, I think it was like MLB.com said, I forget who it was. They said, the Red Sox got to target starting pitching. It all starts with the starting pitching. Well, you know what I counter with? It all ends with the bullpen, okay? And right now, you have 18 blown saves. And the last time I checked, 18 blown saves isn't very good, okay? So we're going after a bullpen piece. Your starting pitching is underperformed. Chris Sale, Rick Porcello. But with that being said, I'm still going after the bullpen. The the bullpen has the bullpen has underachieved in a sense, but with the closer, who knows what they can do? The starting pitching has underperformed. They have the talent to be good. Okay? The starting pitching has the talent to be good. The bullpen right now doesn't. Overall, if they're all playing their role and you add a solo closer, they're not that bad. They're not the best bullpen in the league, but they're not that bad. Okay. But if you get a starting pitcher, I heard they're interested in Zach Wheeler, the Mets. I do believe he's the third or fourth pitcher. He's 29 years old. He's a 6'4 lefty. So, um, anyway. He's pitched 119 innings, 118 hits. So, that's about a hit an inning. A hit an inning. And that's, that's okay. It's not, you know, ideal, but it's, eh. I, I could do better. Obviously, maybe he's had a few bad games. I don't really know a ton about Zach Wheeler. I don't really watch the Mets. I did watch their game where they came back against the Braves. Uh, I think this was the night of NBA free agency starting. Yeah. 
that night. I think I watched that game. But I, other than that, I watch a lot of Mets baseball. Outside the Red Sox, I haven't watched a lot of baseball this year. I need to catch up a bit. But seriously, he's got a uh, – the one thing he does, strikeouts. 130 strikeouts, 12th in the league. Okay? But w- with those 12 guys, only two of them have an ERA over four. And it's Zach Wheeler and yours truly, Chris Sale. Okay? So, the runs could be better. The guy's ERA currently is 4.69. Not great, okay? That sounds like a four-in-the-rotation, four fourth pitcher to me. But the guy can get strikeouts. But I'm not looking for strikeouts. You know, Chris Sale is the same exact thing. The guy can get strikeouts, but he's got an ERA over four right now. He's 6-6, six and six, which isn't horrible for the Mets. The Mets have had their struggles this year, which I predicted they would. They wouldn't be as good as people thought. Right now, the Mets are 40 and 50. So they have a 4-4-4 winning percentage, and he has a 500 winning percentage. So he hasn't been horrible in that sense. But I just look at him, and I'm like, yeah, you know, it depends. What are, I heard the Yankees are interested. But, you know, what are we going to have to give up? Okay, what do we have to give up for this guy? He's 29 years old. He can get strikeouts, but the ERA, the amount of hits he lets up, 34 walks at 19 starts. So, one to two walks a game, I can deal with that. I like, I love the sh- amount of strikeouts that this guy can get, but I'm not like a strikeout guy. Okay, I feel like this team is good fielding. It's solid fielding. I take that, but Devers, you know, Chavis. We we could improve, but it's not horrible, okay? So I don't I don't need strikeouts. When I look at a pitcher, okay, strikeouts if if he gets a lot of strikeouts, I'm like, oh I need this guy. Then no, no, I don't necessarily think that. Zach Wheeler is a great example. Strikeouts don't mean everything. Because this guy's twelfth in the league in strikeouts and he has a four point six nine ERA. I don't care that he's on the Mets, okay? In the MLB, in Little League, okay, I get it. Like, oh, you look at this guy's ERA's earned runs. Okay, so you look, I guess look at the runs allowed in, in the – you don't keep track of ERA really in the Little Leagues. But usually um, fielding doesn't really kill pitchers. It's more the team's hitting that they're that's on their team, how they hit that day. With Chris Sale, it's usually horrible, as I usually say. But this Zach Wheeler guy, I'm not a huge fan. Besides the strikeouts, again, lots of water runs, a hit an inning. So, I, you know, it depends on what are we going to have to give up. What else is on the market? I wouldn't mind Madison Bumgarner, but I don't know if we're really going to get him. doesn't really sound like it. But, again, I'd, like, I'd rather have a bullpen arm than another starter like Zach Wheeler. Okay, I'm good. If we only give up, like, some low draft pick, I'm good. Uh, I, I'm good with that. Like, that's cool, but I don't think that's, you know, they're just going to want some low draft pick. I think they're going to want something for this guy. But I'd rather go off their reliever. What do you think? Are there any real names? Because I don't, you know, again, I know some of these guys on the market, but I didn't go too in-depth. Like, this kind of snuck up on me. I'm like, uh, kind of panicking a bit. So if you want to call in some names that they should go after, I heard they're interested in Zach Wheeler. I wouldn't mind Bumgarner, though. Really wouldn't mind that. But, no, I'd like a reliever. Uh, what do you guys think? Calling on the Anchor mobile app, whether that's on Safari, the Anchor mobile app itself. Uh, so, yeah, thank you guys for listening today. Again, sorry for no home run derby predictions, but, again, I didn't want to cheat. That would be wasting my time, wasting your time. We're closing in on an hour here, pretty long episode. 
make up for some of these missed days I've had lately. Sorry for that. Um, I'm trying my best. Summer, although I'm out of school, still pretty busy. Uh, happy to be out of school, though. Uh, but, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, again, calling on the Anchor Mobile app. Go follow my Instagram at After the Buzzer Sports Talk. All lowercase, no spaces. So, yeah, thank you guys for listening, and I hope to see you next time. Thank you.